0: and welcome to hashtag general where at the time of recording this is easily one of the top three shows we've ever made with me of course it's chris akamura and i am logan studley are you ready to just dive yeah, in
1: that was a pretty that was pretty good not gonna lie <laughs> i i was practicing all week <laughs> could, could appreciate that
0: yeah you know That I I figure I should put some more effort into my work. And by more effort, I mean some effort.
1: Um, We're covering today, by the way. I have no idea. (laughs) Speaking of effort.
0: I share the note with you every week. No, I know. I'm joking. (laughs) Whatever. Um, No, so let's start off with football because of the Super Bowl, which is probably something you're like, wait, we're going to cover
1: this. I'm surprised you're going to cover this.
0: I didn't watch the game.
1: Okay. It was very boring. I, it was
0: I heard it was very boring. I literally I was playing video games and I go, "Hey Siri, what's the score of the Super Bowl?" And it's like, "The three score is three. tied 3 to 3 at the end of the third quarter." And yeah. I'm like, "I made the right decision by playing video games instead of watching the Super Bowl." And but
1: my phone also just answered your you just said,
0: hey, Siri, the Super Bowl?" So thanks for that. Uh you're welcome.
1: Uh, if anyone still uses their their uh <laughs> their Xbox they Xbox One, Xbox On, or Xbox Off, and you're welcome.
0: Oh, man, we should start using Dingus or Object or whatever for stuff like that. Oh, but God. anyway, my favorite thing about the Super Bowl was the... Did you see the New Orleans... Uh, I think it's the Times-Picune uh, front page the day after, no. so Monday? Literally, if you should go check this out. Go to their website and check it out. It, you... Basically, their front page above the fold was blank except for the words Super Bowl. What Super Bowl? Because they were still a pissed about the sure. Rams beating them, and B, what Super Bowl?
1: <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a boring game. Um, a little disappointing as as a you know an LA person, but like you know a little little sad. But uh, yeah, it's just a boring game all around uh neither team really came out strong but overall that's that's pretty funny
0: yeah no i i happened across that on monday and i just was laughing apparently they had planned that like, they had already locked it in on Thursday as just, like, their own little protest of... Sure. Because apparently New Orleans, just, like, as a town, just didn't recognize the Super Bowl happened and had their own little... Sure. ...celebration. So they had already planned that. It's just the Super Bowl happened to, like, help them make the point even better.
1: Right. <laughs> uh so... Unless you're the Benson family, and then, in which case, you definitely know what's Super So, like, do you... You're not, like, a sports person. Do you know no. what's going on with the Lakers and, like... The, no,
0: I have no so, idea. What's
1: so you'll going on. you'll find this funny, and like I don't I don't I find it very not funny because I'm a huge Laker fan, right? So uh, the Benson family owns both the Saints and the Pelicans, so the basketball team and the football team in New Orleans. Uh, so New Orleans had New Orleans Pelicans, their basketball team, have Anthony Davis, who's this 25 year old superstar, probably the second best player in the league, right? Uh, and he just signed on with Clutch Sports, which is LeBron James's uh, f- best friends' agency, right? Yeah. So they both signed a Clutch. So uh, long story short, the rumor was that LeBron wanted to try to get Anthony Davis on for the Lakers, uh, and that they were going to kind of use leverage there. And then, so Anthony Davis requested a trade and gave them a list of teams that they that he'd be interested in signing a long term deal yeah. with, because obviously you wouldn't you wouldn't trade him to a team. Or a team wouldn't trade for him that he wouldn't sign a deal. Yeah, with, right? exactly. So uh, all of the teams on the list aren't LA. <laughs> well, one of them is the Lakers, and the other three teams are teams that have no op- no uh, not reason to trade for him, but like they they have no like assets to give to him. So
0: basically, he's saying
1: trade me to LA. Right. So uh, Magic Johnson, of course, being the businessman he is, pretty much offered the farm to like we offered him so we have what's you know a young core which is like all of our young players that are you know top young prospects yeah. in the league so we offered him f- like five or six of those guys for just the, for and, him and two draft picks oh god so for Anthony Davis because again he's like number two well he's one of the best players in the league and he's only 25
0: Oh, so so you can have him for a while. For, like,
1: the next decade, right? So that's, like, a huge deal. So we offered that, and apparently the Pelicans leaked all this stuff to the public or or leaked it to to journalists and stuff like that. And so it was a long-going talk. It was, like, a week long of, like, all our young guys being in trade talks, and our young guys kind of being playing like they were kind of uh, discouraged a little. Right? And so it finally came out that the Benson family... Uh, and and sort of the Pelicans organization as, as a whole leaked it all on purpose, and we're never going to trade him to us. He's still on the Pelicans. The trade deadline's passed. Like you cannot, you can't be traded anymore for this season. But uh, they basically, they basically wanted to leak everything to a oh God. discourage our young players and not and not kind of ruin the chemistry that we had. Try attempt to ruin the chemistry that we had. On top of get LA back. For, for the super bowl right
0: oh my god
1: because again they're they own both the saints and the pelicans so they have this they have skin in the game So they, they could they damn. they have very ill will towards the city of la right now which you know i think uh, it's petty i think it's dumb yes it is petty and it's dumb but whatever such is life well, that's the sports of the day yeah
0: and that's it for sports. Right.
1: That's, like, more sports than I expected to talk about here today. <laughs> That's
0: more sports than I probably talked about in years.
1: Uh, that's why I didn't expect <laughs> to talk about it.
0: <laughs> uh, okay. So let's move on, James. Let's move on to tech. Uh, so apparently someone has proposed a law in Hawaii where in order to access porn sites, you have to pay a, 20 t- a tw- uh, one-time $20 fee. Right. And my immediate thought when I saw that was, this will last fifteen minutes until a fourteen-year-old boy figures
1: out a way around it. Right, just take your mom's credit card or something that. Well, not
0: even that. just like the oh, take the mom's credit card. That's that's the easy way. There's someone's going to figure out like a technical way around it. It's oh, either going to yeah. be like a VPN or something. Some kind of proxy. Server, some proxy yeah. where it's just like the moment I, I just saw that and I was like, this isn't going to. No, do No, but I mean,
1: like it it goes to, back to the thing of. Like, on a more serious topic, like, gun laws, right? It's just, like, more hoops to jump through, right? Like, someone's always going to figure out a way around it. Yeah. It's just giving them more hoops to, to jump through, making it a little more difficult, right? You're not going to stop everyone, but...
0: No, it just... I I happened to see that and was just like, guys, this is... Do you not get how this is going to work?
1: Yeah, I think it's dumb, but whatever. <laughs> uh,
0: all it's going to take... Like, to create the registry of all the websites that you would need to pay to unlock... You're going to be in a constant losing game of people just buying new domains. Right. And then... Well, like a
1: new porn site pops up like every day. Yeah. It's like they're...
0: It's a a no-win scenario.
1: What's your job? I'm the Hawaiian porn blocker. (laughs) What do you do? I surf the internet for porn and block them on on this VPN.
0: That sounds fantastic. Yeah, it's like you look at it every moment of every day. It's like
1: the guys that that sit there and train algorithms to look for dick pics and block them.
0: Oh, God. Yeah, it's like... It's one of those things where people will be like, oh, that sounds cool. And then you think about, wait, that would be my life.
1: Yeah, that would be terrible.
0: It would be horrible. Like, I would not want that job. No. Uh, But anyway, in other tech news, the big thing that happened uh, a couple weeks ago was, did you hear about the Facebook app that Apple blocked? No. Okay, so... To give you all a kind of a short rundown of what happened is Apple prohibits apps from gleaning certain data from your software or from the phone. It's just blocked on the App Store. So if you do any app that does something like that, Apple will remove it because it violates the terms and conditions of the App Store. So you can't – Google Play Store. Google Play doesn't have the same restrictions, but on the App Store, if you were trying to be like, hey, I want all your data, sure. like every website you visit, all your location data, everything, App- Apple just blocks it. Right. It's like, that's a no, it won't happen. However, Facebook found a loophole, and that was Apple's developer program to where there's an enterprise, there's an enterprise program that Apple does where large companies like, say, IBM, Google, Facebook, Microsoft can basically have... Their own app store where they can create their own internal apps for beta testing. So like betas of Instagram of the next Facebook app or even like Facebook's um, lunch or lunch menu to where you can order your lunch was like an in-system Facebook exclusive app. And the only way you can get it is to have it be given to you by Facebook. And it is limited to only like Facebook employees or whatever company you're at. But a lot of those restrictions about what data is getting gleaned by the app don't exist in the developer program because sure. in beta testing you might need to know that info. Right. So what does Facebook do? They violate the terms of the developer program and they start to distribute this app where they were paying people kids as young as 13 up to the age of and then adults up to I believe the age of 30 or 35 they're paying them 20 bucks a month to sideload this app outside of the app store and run it on their phones to where they can get all the information which they weren't Facebook employees so Facebook was in violation of Apple's developer program sure Apple blocked their developer license. So, all of Facebook's internal programming and everything just got shut down by Apple. They basically were like, no, you're in violation of our developer deal. Right. It's done. Uh Google apparently had done the same thing and trying to get out of the whole debacle because TechCrunch had run a huge expose about how Facebook was trying to hide the fact that they were the one running the app, how Facebook, what all the data Facebook was wanting to get, which was pretty much everything. Like any website, if you were on this program, pretty much anything you did on the phone, Facebook was aware of it. Sure. And they were even having people send them screenshots of like Amazon purchases. Like they wanted every bit of detail they can get. Right. And Google comes out and says, oh, hey, we're doing the same thing with our own program. So last week, Apple literally had shut down the developer accounts for both Google and for Facebook to where their entire internal development builds were just blocked. Right. Like, you could hit the app and it wouldn't open. Right. And so a lot of people were freaking out because there's two there's two sides of the freakout that I noticed. There were people going, hey, Apple shouldn't have the ability to shut down a developer account and just... Be gone! Right? They're like that's a little too much power. My concern was more of the what the hell are they doing? Trying to pick? They're they're going to thirteen year old kids and being like, hey, I want to know everything. Right? And I. I've always felt like I personally have struggled trying to explain to people how dangerous this stuff is because they oftentimes I hear the whole, well, I have nothing to hide, so they might as well look. They already have the data. uh, Privacy, I don't remember where, and I should look this up, but it was a privacy expert had said a thing of you sit there and you say, oh, I have nothing to hide. But you know how a lot of people, you might have multiple email accounts. You might have an email account that you use for, say, certain adult proclivities. (laughs) I want that email. And that's the thing where I'd say it's kind of this big crazy thing is it wasn't just, oh, hey, what websites are you going to? It's everything you did. Sure. And why is that legal? That's my real question. Is why isn't this like, why isn't the government saying, hey, guys, you can't do this? Right. Like,
1: okay, so uh, I have a very different viewpoint on it in terms of i've a very kind of utopian viewpoint of tech where i'm very happy to give up data and very happy like very happy to to say like you can have everything like again not in the argument of i have nothing to hide but in, in the thing of if you can if what if my data can ha- can help me or help you build a better experience or build a better sort of tailor-made experience for me and my what and my needs right if you have tr- if you have good intentions of just like data is data right and you just need you just want information to help build the platform the best you can and sort of again build and tailor make stuff to whatever consumer thing that you're doing dude by all means take my data go for it like that's fine but again you're i'm assuming that they have good intentions I'm assuming that they're not going that there's no, uh, like malicious intent here, right? And then also I'm assuming that you know like they're not gonna they're not gonna sell it or gi- give it to someone that does have it, you know, intentions, right? Yeah. And so like there's a lot of assumptions that I'm going through to make that decision. But again, I think that I should be able to do that, and they should be able to accept that from me. But I need to be able to opt in and, like, yeah. openly say, like, yes, take all my data, right? Like, I don't think them doing it in the background is, is anything good.
0: Yeah, it's – I think the – it's the whole malicious intent thing. Right. And I think Facebook has proven it isn't malicious as much as it's – Someone creepy? It's incredibly creepy. Right. But there's also no – it's not malicious, but there's like this. Just it's like a benign intent. Their whole thought is, all if we can get all the data, that we you know data is great. We can yeah, do it. Right. But the problem is, it can be easily exploited. And they don't ever. There seems to be this disconnect and Facebook over. Hey, we have access to this data. We should actually protect that. And right. you can then go into like ProPublica had a thing. Uh, I think it was a year ago it might have been sooner than that where they were able to by using certain keywords on facebook advertising they were able to target an ad specifically at neo-nazis right because of just the data facebook gleans right. because they want to gather everything and there's a point in advertising where i can see that's kind of helpful you know having my age range where i live right certain things Interest. like that certain interests Yeah, I kind of can see how that can help you make a better platform to where everything is aimed at me. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to be able to follow me around the internet to every place I go, to every place I visit, and to look at everything I do and have that data. Like, why, when I leave Facebook's website, I don't think Facebook should be able to follow me. And the problem is... And this is the thing that people don't realize, is if you are logged into your Facebook account, it's following you everywhere. Right. Um, if you go to any website that has a share this on Facebook link, Facebook has followed you to that website. They know who you are, what account you're on, and mm-hmm. everything. So if you are logged in on the same page that you're watching, I don't know, Pornhub, Facebook knows what you just looked at.
1: Yeah. And but it's, dude, like, Again, it goes to it goes the same thing of like, hey, if I log into Pornhub and like, it suggests to me like that's exactly what I want to see. Like this is this is great. I don't have to parse through millions and millions of videos, right? So like, but again, it could again, it's just ease. Like for me, it's just ease of use and and a tailor made experience, right? And and things of yeah, and it it just makes my life easier, right? And so I'm very happy to give that all away. And like I have no problem with the idea of Facebook following me around is a little different. I view it more of again if I'm opting in saying like hey here's my here's my data go for it right like i'd rather have i'd I'd rather be that way right where it's i have my data and i can choose to give it i can i can give them like pamphlets or like you know like a president when he wakes up in the morning and he's given like a breakdown of like here's all the happenings in the country of the day yeah like i can give that information to to like well, I, can have a, I can have a debriefing meeting right in the morning of, like, here's all my shit. Well,
0: there's two levels to that because – and I think you can say it's almost like the design ethos of, say, Apple compared to Google and Facebook. It's Apple with some of their tech, they can go through, like, your text messages sure. and all that stuff to, like, better focus your thing. Like, if you and I were having a conversation in a text message on our two iPhones about a restaurant, like, we wanted to go mm-hmm. to – I might pull up something on my phone and it's going to suggest that restaurant. Right. The thing is, all that stuff is either exclusive to my phone or if there's anything in the cloud, it's encrypted and no one at Apple has access to it and that right. doesn't exist at Google
1: or Facebook. Right. That's a little different.
0: Like That's, that's where I think the thing is. Sure. It's not that I don't want a tailor-made experience or to have my devices or my computer learn from me to better understand how I want things to operate, but... There's a difference when some rando at Facebook, Google, or if you hear the stories about what the NSA would do, right. where they would sit there and they would look through people's text messages just see if they could find like dirty pictures or stuff like that. Right. That's a that's the point where we've crossed a line, and that's where I'm like we where I would like to see something stating here's what the data you can keep, here's how long you can keep it, here's how you can have access to it, and oh by the way, it needs to be encrypted. Sure. Like, if there was some, and that's the problem, is there's, it isn't that we're giving them the data, is that there's no safeguard on that data for who gets it, who can use it, and who can exploit it. Right. And that's one of the reasons why Facebook's been in so much hot water over things like the 2016 election, is there was no protection.
1: Right. Well, again, if, if, to me, it comes down to, and again, it's a very kind of, I can extract way of looking at it, of like, to me, and, and. I view it, again, it's uh, it's maybe naive, it's maybe stupid, but my thing is just, like, data is data, and, like, when I think of Facebook looking at my data, I think of it not as one guy looking through my shit. Yeah. I see it more as a big company looking through millions of people's stuff to just see how we, they can correlate and make the machine learning better or the AI better or however else they're figuring it out, right? Um and, and making it a better experience for me, so I'm happy to give that data away.
0: Yeah, I think it's um,
1: it's f- it's just how you view it. It's right? how you
0: view it, and I think a lot of it is that Facebook has been so data driven that they haven't stopped to ask what, why do we need this specific set of data? Right. But as much as they are like, oh, we can get this data, let's right, get it. They don't they don't think beyond the fact they can when, get it. And
1: having been someone that's worked in data collection and like with statistics, after a while like you lose track of like there's no bad data to have ever and you know this like there's yeah. no there's no such thing as like we don't need this it's you can always use more data right and so i think data, i think facebook is in that mode of again it's not whether it's right or wrong and they're not i don't see them as a maybe maybe individually but like maybe as a company i don't see them saying like ooh this is like good dirt Or, like, this is, like, you know, we, you know, they're they're not, like, they're not, like, the creepy guy down the street looking through the window, right? But it's more of just, like, here's, like, good data that we can have that we can use to make this platform better. I think that's how they're viewing it as a company, and maybe it's getting a little construed. I
0: I think it's the fact that it might not be malicious, but they're not being good stewards of the data. No. No, no, no. And I think that's what it comes down to. What makes it creepy and weird is that Facebook, first off, when you go back to the Apple thing, not only did they violate the terms of the agreement with Apple. Right. By the way, just so if you never followed this, Apple and Google and Facebook have all like resolved it. The apps that Google and Facebook are running were shut down and Apple right. basically gave them new licenses with like a stern warning of don't do this again. Because again, they violated the terms and conditions right. of Apple's developer deal. But it's the fact that they hid it was Facebook. Like if you went through it, you by the time that you could go and see anything that said it was Facebook, I think TechCrunch discovered the first time you saw any instance of it was after you'd already signed an NDA stating that you wouldn't talk about the program. Yeah. To where it's as much as Facebook can might not have malicious intent. They are definitely aware enough of that there is a problem right. that they're obscuring their involvement, which means on some level you have to wonder what For what reason what right? reason are you doing yeah. this? Okay. It's you know, it's I guess what it comes down to by the way, the first time we're streaming on Facebook, get off Facebook. Um
1: yeah, we now, are trying to stream on Facebook today. So that's, uh, that's a uh, great no, it's, timing for that. It's like
0: my whole thing is it's got to the point where with my Facebook page, anything I share on there is something that I have shared publicly on the internet in some way. Sure. To where there, as far as it's been, at least for the past few years, there's nothing on there that hasn't either been tweeted, shared on my website, shared to YouTube, or shared wherever. Right. To where I've already publicly declared that thing to where anyone can find it anywhere. And it's just, I think that's a good mindset when it comes to a lot of these social media outlets. Is don't think of it as this is my Facebook page and my personal stuff. We need to start. I at least have come to the conclusion of I need to at least start thinking of it as this is something I'm okay with everyone in the world knowing. Right.
1: No, I, I totally. And that.
0: I think until that shift happens, where for most people, it, you, I, I just say people need to be a little bit more aware of how facebook follows you where it can follow you and just just be aware that your data it there if you think you have privacy you, you really don't right now
1: no i don't think and my thing is even before all this stuff started to come out even going back like years and years ago if you're using social media as a private thing that's not if if you're posting on facebook twitter anything like, publicly posting, and you're thinking it's private, I'm sorry, that's a very naive way of looking yeah, it. Yeah, right? because even
0: if you have a locked account... Right. ...all it takes is someone who has access to that account... Right. ...screenshotting it.
1: Right. So, like, the only... To me, the only thing that... The only thing... And I think people kind of keep it to heart is, like, DMs are, like, sacred. DMs and private yeah. messages are sacred, right? Like, no one... No one shares those, and, like, normally, unless there's, like, some kind of debacle or some kind of problem with within those statements then those get shared but otherwise i think there's people are pretty safe about like those are private those are us right no if you post anything like dude that's free game don't but like that's the thing is posing
0: is free game but when you're going to like the dm thing again that was something facebook had access to right fully and it's that's what i mean by you don't realize how much detail facebook has and has full access to and it's unencrypted your facebook messages aren't private right um, that was something that happened like a few months ago where it turned out Facebook had been giving private companies access to people's messaging or Facebook messenger. And it was just because they didn't think, Oh, Hey, we shouldn't do that. It's there. Right. There's it's again, it's like, again, they, part of,
1: part of me. Th- yeah. Part of me thinks that Facebook is like a very naive nerd. Where yeah. Just, like this data is cool. Do you want to share this data? Data is good for everyone. Hey, Hey company, you, you need data. Yeah. Oh, let me share this with you. And it's not I, I don't I don't see it as malicious. I see it as very naive.
0: It's incredibly naive. And what's really interesting is a lot of the companies when that broke that and there were some pretty prominent companies like I think Starbucks had access to people's Facebook Messenger yeah. and they're like we didn't even know we had access to that. We never used it. But right. they're like it, it was like kind of hinted in some articles that there were people at those companies that were like Why did we have access to that? Right, And so that's the thing where I say people need to be more cautious and more aware of their privacy is all it takes is one company not noticing they have access to it and not having the scruples of being like, we don't need this. Right. And it's out. So I guess just be safe on the Internet, kids. Uh, That's it. Be safe on the Internet, kids. All right. Let's let's move on. All right, James, you ready? Let's go to movies. Move now! I now I can't see him. We had this whole talk last week about right. remodeling the kitchen. Now it needs to happen. <laughs> and now neither one of us can see James. All right, so we talked a bit about Movie Pass last, last time. We have another Movie Pass story. Well, only because the Arena had an interview where someone went to their office in L.A. and spoke with like the CEO. They the, still have an office. They still have an office. And what's crazy is you. If you are interested at all in Movie past, first off, I've probably written and spoken too much about it, and I'm sorry. But reading this article, it's... it was this the mindset of the people running the company. It's just like they the way they spoke, it was like they were blindsided by the fact that their business model wasn't smart. Yeah. <laughs> like they're like, yeah, we didn't we we didn't realize how many people would sign up and how much money we'd spend and all oh, this! Like, they were expecting it to be, like, gym memberships where you sign up at the beginning of the year, you go once, and then you never go again, right. and they collect the annual of profit. Sure. Uh, only to realize, no, in Los Angeles, you just have to see a movie once, and it's paid for itself. Right. And so they had multitudes of people using it to the point where they're like, oh, these people were, like, the abusing the system. And it's like, no, we were using the system as it was brought, as, intended, as, right. as advertised. And so it's just... If you are interested at all in the movie pass saga, uh, ling will be in the show notes. It's on the reener. It's just it was one of those ones. Reading that article, I was like, "Oh my god, these guys are as these guys are dumb."
1: Well, again, yeah, again, it goes back to the naivete, right? Like, it's yeah, the thing. It's the the best thing I saw again was that college humor sketch that they did, right, where they did the CEO. Uh, PSA, yeah, and like, and it 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 really hits it on the head of like the 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 mindset of like what it makes fun of it and like, but it really hits the mindset of like where they're at as a company, yeah, and like, man, it it's sad but kind of well deserved. <laughs> yeah, no, time. it
0: was like they because i got the sense reading the article that because a lot of them were silicon valley outsiders they thought they could just come in and just be like look at us we're disrupting everything without right. realizing that you know if you're going to be selling movie tickets you probably want to partner with the movie theaters right. and studios and so apparently they are going on an apology tour around hollywood basically going we're sorry. (laughs) It's just like, guys, it's too little too late. AMC's launched their own service. All it's going to take is Regal launching their own service and you're gone. And
1: I'm, I'm amazed that they're still around.
0: I want to know where the money came from that they're still around. Like they should have, they should have been dead and gone and buried like like, in August. Like when that whole thing went down where it was like, Oh, by the way, we don't have the money to pay for our pay for the movie tickets. So it shut down for a weekend. The fact that they're still operating,
1: it's crazy. It, it, it's it's crazy
0: It's someone somewhere is spending way too much money to buy movie tickets for other people and they're not gonna get their money back. Like <laughs> AMC and Regal and all of them are laughing on their way to the bank. Yeah, it's it's done. They're done. It's I I just read that and I was like, oh god, I have to I have to share this just because it's so so bad. Yeah, but so ridiculous. Let's go on into movie news itself. So it's now official, James Gunn is writing and directing Suicide Squad Two. Yeah. So, they finally get the writer and director that they were imitating right. Suicide Squad. Right. So, who knows? Maybe Suicide Squad 2 will actually be not a hot mess at the end.
1: I doubt it, but it's okay.
0: I wish him the best. But in more more DC news, so, Batfleck is gone. Yeah. So, Ben Affleck is no longer Batman. Did you see who they are circling to pick up?
1: Is it still Hall?
0: No, it's not Jolin Hall. Robert Pattinson.
1: Oh, okay. We're, we're so, getting a
0: sparkly Batman.
1: No, so this was the same reason they wanted Jolin Hall, and like I'd heard, I'd heard from friends that worked in Warner Brothers already that this is what they wanted to do. They wanted a less brawly Batman because, like, Ben Affleck was a very much a brawly, like, yeah, fist Batman. He was Punisher Batman, right? Uh, what they're going towards now is more of like. The uh, Nightcrawler-esque, like, detective Batman. Okay. So, like, very much more martial arts-centric, more sneaking around. Uh, you know, like, the the image that, I bring, that I've that i kind of, that people bring up all the time that I've sort of attached to this idea is, like, uh, the skinny Batman in, in the costume. But skinny Batman with a flashlight in his mouth and the file cabinet. Okay. Right, like yeah, like that's the Batman that I'm picturing in my head. I can see that I picture, like Hall which was like a talk right for a long time, and then of course Pattinson. Yeah, same build. You could imagine that image in your head of like them wearing the cowl with, the flashlight with their a flashlight. And, like, in mouth. With a flashlight in the mouth, going, going through. through the filing cabinet. Right. Like, I just
0: at the moment I saw that I'm like, oh god, I can already, I could already see all the tweets. Like I said, sparkly
1: Batman. Right.
0: Like it's,
1: I. It could be cool. Uh, I I have very little faith in anything DC at this point. And yeah, very, any, and not so much DC, but Warner Brothers. Anything anything Warner Brothers. I'm very like skeptical of. So,
0: yeah, it's because Pattinson has been since Twilight. He's been trying. I feel like it's like DiCaprio post Titanic, trying to break that. Trying to just got typecast into this idea where. Um, it was uh, DiCaprio was Jack from Titanic, right. and he needed to be able to break out of that before he get departed with Scorsese. And I feel like Pattinson because he's done like Cronenberg and other like smaller films with more prominent directors. That he's trying to like be like, hey, look, I am more than a guy who sparkles and was in one of the Harry Potters. Right. So I I'm interested to see what he brings to Batman. But the moment I saw that, I was just like, ooh, this, I can see this being like the thing everyone chews on until it comes out. Everyone, everyone,
1: everyone knocked Batfleck though. I I knocked Batfleck off the jump, and like I was, yeah. I will be the first to admit I was totally wrong. That guy, that guy nailed that. And way.
0: I was also kind of in the same boat until someone pointed out to me, he's like, "Okay, hold on, hold on, don't think of him as Batman." I'm like, "Okay." He's like, "Think of Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne," and I was like, "Oh, I'm in." Like the moment I yeah. like someone yeah, broke yeah, yeah. it to me that way, I was like, "Okay, no, I get it." So I'm interested to see how they want to take a Robert Pattinson Batman, but. I mean, it's, Bruce
1: Wayne is weird, but like the yeah. Batman part, he could do again. If it's the if it's the more uh, agile, smaller Batman, then yeah, you could do that. Very yeah.
0: Easily. But you know, It seems like again we've talked about this before. It seems like DC is still trying to
1: again. It's like it's, it's less so DC. I think it's Warner Brothers to a certain extent because again, the from what I heard, the first couple cuts of Justice League and the first cut of Suicide Squad were actually very good. Uh, and then they pivoted and, and recut the movie or wanted the movie recut and added all the stuff in that was unnecessary and made those movies garbage. So,
0: yeah, I've heard similar things. Where so, yeah, they, yeah it, it falls into studio, not necessarily studio meddling as much as I would say the studio not knowing how to handle it or what to do with it. Right. Um it is a, again something I think we said a couple weeks ago is that they needed a Kevin Feige. It didn't necessarily have to be someone like Kevin Feige who understands the universe right. to that level, but they needed a person who was going yes or no. Right. And when you're doing a multi-film tentpole thing with by committee Unless you're Lucasfilm. Uh, it seems like. But they have
1: Kathleen Kennedy, though. Yeah.
0: They still have, like, a figurehead. And it's felt like Warner Brothers just never had the figurehead of going yes or, or no. Or they
1: have the figurehead, but just no one that cares on the DC side. Right? Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's not a DC specific person that they have.
0: So, another casting news. This was a rumor. Apparently on the red carpet, Courtney B. Vance, who was married to Angela Bassett, who was in Black Panther, Michael B. Jordan is going to be back in Black Panther Two. Yeah. So, not much to say other than I'm okay with that.
1: Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm curious to see how they do it. Uh, I think he was. A, I think he's a great character. I think if you do it flashbacks, it could be very cool.
0: Flashbacks could be very cool. He's also Michael B. Jordan is one of those actors where I. Don't see Marvel wanting to just one and done, right? Like it's he's just he's a good actor. He's a kind of person you would like to be able to bring back. So I could see them being like, no, he wasn't dead, or 'cause you know, comic books never right. dies, uh, and you could also even argue that we never really saw him die in Black Panther, so. I'm okay. I'm okay with it. Right. I'm okay if he comes back, and I'm okay if he doesn't. But it's interesting that
1: I don't. The, the, my only concern is that they're for they would because again because he's such a great actor and because he's someone that everyone wants to see that you would he'd be forced into yeah uh, the the role or forced into the movie which I don't like
0: yeah but. as long as he's not forced into the movie and they kind of like just do a delicate touch right I'm for it right um if they want to make him if the big feels, bad evil it, guy again yeah. if it, if it that's feels natural
1: yeah. if it feels natural and it doesn't ruin sort of the story they're trying to tell because they're trying to force him into it and give maybe like when a character pops like he did in in black yeah. Panther one like maybe give him a little too much to do like then that becomes a problem
0: yeah but. exactly and then the final thing is uh dc has confirmed not dc disney both start with d i guess that's No, that's fair. Um, Disney has confirmed that they're going to continue making R-rated Marvel films like Deadpool. Right. Through the Fox banner. Right. So that means Deadpool 3, probably still going to be R-rated. Though, Deadpool 3, I really want it to be all about Ryan Reynolds trying to get out of that universe and trying to get into the MCU.
1: Oh, that'd be great! And like the the thing that I love was there was a picture that he tweeted. Did you see the picture he tweeted out no. of uh, it's Deadpool but in an Avengers like he recolored the <laughs> he recolored the Deadpool suit and then put the Avengers logo on it. And so, uh, and he, I think he put like hashtag confirmed or something like that and it's great. And like I would love because Deadpool's the one character that can make that work.
0: Yes, it's the one um, character that that I think can actually come from the Fox universe unchanged into the mcu right. and have it work and kind of be the joke
1: right and and can really bridge those universes together and i think that'd be really cool um again i don't part of me doesn't want to see it because i think the MCU's a special thing and i think it's a very i think the way it functions right now is very unique and very different and i don't want it to get muddied up with this other stuff yeah um but at the same time it's such a perfect opportunity to do it and like you Again, the character is tailor made to do stuff like that.
0: Exactly, it's like, it seems like the perfect opportunity, and I kind of want to see like a scene where it's him in an office with Kevin Feige tr- begging him to let him bring uh, Wolverine over. Right, like please let me bring Hugh.
1: <laughs> and it'd be, it'd be like, great. No. <laughs> it'd be great. But yeah, like, I'm, I, I'm excited. Uh, I I'm more curious to see what happens when that deal. Is done what they do with X Men and Fantastic Four.
0: Well, I think is D twenty three this year or?
1: Yes, it's. I mean, it's every year, but I mean, I I I thought it was every other year. No, it's every year. I'm curious though, what uh, if the deal's gonna be done by then, and if it's gonna be done by then with enough time for them to like really get an idea. And show something or talk about it.
0: Well, the scuttlebutt around town is that the deal should be finalized sometime next month.
1: Right.
0: Then again, scuttlebutt has been the deal will be finalized sometime next month for about three months now.
1: Exactly. Um,
0: it was it's supposed to
1: be done in January. Remember? Well,
0: it's cleared most of the regulatory hurdles, like the big ones in particular, China, sure. the United States, and the EU. So it's kind of just going through all the processes around the world. But it's kind of just a matter of not of when, not if, right? So I'm sure Feige and Marvel are sitting down trying to figure out what and how to handle it. I highly doubt we're going to see like X Men anytime soon in the MCU. I think, if
1: anything, we'll see like Fantastic Four first. I would hope so. Um, Um, but but, because X Men is such a big, different thing, yeah. Um, and and Fantastic Four is a lot easier to integrate.
0: Plus, at the same time, if you hold off doing X Men, that's something that you can bring into whatever MCU is ten years from now. Right. That gives you another phase. Right there is sure. the uh, the mutants. So, we'll we'll see how that goes. But I think it's interesting that Disney is basically flat out said that no, Deadpool is not going to be be touched, which is smart. I think it's I think it's the same. Same ideology that Disney has applied to Pixar, Lucasfilm, and Marvel, which is don't touch the thing that's working. Right. So just integrate it into your system. So I think that's what we're going to see. I just hope this means that stuff like Fox Searchlight, the more indie-type things that Fox has been handling the past few years, are allowed to continue to exist.
1: We'll see. I mean, it could but be It could be like the... Uh... What was, what's the adult branch of D- the adult arm of Disney that they're using for movies? Am- ambient? Was it Ambient?
0: No, uh. You're. Th- what am I thinking of? It's Touchstone. Touchstone. Yeah, so the lot of the theory, people have been using Touchstone a lot, and I think they're right. I right. think Fox is going to become the Touchstone.
1: That's what I was thinking.
0: Um, Which is, it's fine if it becomes a Touchstone. And if you have Fox Searchlight handle Indie, I mean, you're. Building up a very, very strong portfolio if you kind of just
1: I don't think di- leave it alone. I don't think anyone's had the portfolio that Disney has at this point yeah. of just resources. and.
0: Yeah, I, I think the big shoe everyone's waiting to drop is who gets laid off and who doesn't. Right. And that's a concern that I've been reading about from people at both companies. It's This isn't going to be a happy, easy... Merger for a lot of no. people, no, 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 no. so that's something
1: I think. Was well, like the Machinima thing that just happened.
0: Too. Yeah, like Machinima just shut down.
1: Ugh. Uh <laughs> saw that saw that come a mile away. By the way, <laughs>
0: <laughs> any
1: any comments from a former? I mean, it's it's sad. Like, I, okay, I was only there for like what six months. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, and I was a I was a I was working on an esports show, and we were working for technically we we're I was paid technically by Verizon and Sirius XM Radio, right? I was; they were. I was contracted through them, working with Machinima. So I wasn't officially a Machinima person, but I, my bosses were Machinima people um, because that deal came between those two companies, uh, and Machinima was the producing arm of that. But I think it's sad. I think it's sad because a lot of the I knew a lot of people that worked there, um, all very good people, all hardworking, all talented. Um, it just goes to show, like, the the MCN sort of
0: yeah. Because this is the second MCN that shut down. I think in the past three months,
1: right? Like that that we've known it's been dead for a couple of years now. Yeah, but, like this was sort of the end. Like we're starting. We're all of them are going to close down very very soon. And yeah. like if you haven't yet, you should be worried or like looking to jump ship. My advice to you, um,
0: yeah. Because defy shut down, right? But like a lot of like what was interesting with defy is a lot of their more high profile networks like screen junkies they didn't jump ship they were sold
1: right well yeah
0: and so it you knew that defy was having money problems when they're taking their best assets and selling them
1: right and again like it goes back to the thing like the writing was on the wall for this for a long time like okay not to give details but like machinima was signing deals uh and i don't think there was any malicious intent to it and i don't think it was any desperation i think it was just a uh a misunderstanding or, or a a a higher like a a set of higher ups that were unaware of the work or the workload that would go into the deals that they were making so like uh from our mission of a deal for instance like we the amount of hours of content that we had to produce and provide to SiriusXM and uh, Verizon was far beyond what our capacity was as a staff and as a as a group, and so yes, in a way that is a bad deal. But I don't think. But it, it from my understanding of it, it wasn't a a thing of hey. We're going to promise them this and under-deliver. It's a, an optimism that, hey, we can actually deliver this. And yeah. It's just a misunderstanding of what is possible, right? Um, and, and once you do that continuously, it creates, a, problem, it creates a, a lot of big problems. It's the joke
0: from Futurama where Fry has to write a script. And right. He's like, he's like, it took me 30 minutes to write, so I thought it would take 30 minutes to read. Yeah. Like, We're just like a disconnect over how long something actually right. takes to make. Right, right, right. Totally, totally. Yeah, so... I mean it's it's a shame but i you're right the writing's been on the wall for mcn's for a while it's kind of one of those
1: well this brings up the other thing i think yeah. i've talked to you about this before of like mcn's went away and then now strangely enough with twitch and with kind of esports organizations picking up a lot of streamers the core idea of an mcn is coming back in full force so you have the idea of like some a team like FlyQuest or TSM picking up streamers right and then using that to build their own brand and then help those streamers build their own brands and, and sort of grow together in that way um, provide support provide sponsors provide all that stuff like an MCN would I think the
0: problem was MCNs were like exclusively YouTube yes for the most part
1: and also and also uh, revenue sharing was not in the favor of the creator yeah um, so this is like the current stuff we have going on with esports orgs, or even something like offline GG, G- offline TV G- G- which is like a uh, or offline TV, sorry, which is like or like just friends, right? These are like these YouTube like uh, influencer networks, right? Where you have like four or five popular streamers living in a house together, yeah, right? And they stream on their individual channels still, and they do all this stuff, but they stuff together and they hang out together and like a lot of their content intermingles and so like that. builds a community. Right. Yeah. Exactly.
0: And with Machinima where you had thousands of people signed.
1: Makes it very hard.
0: Yeah you can't really build community. And so
1: anyway. But it's it's different than when you see what's happening with Rooster Teeth right? With Rooster Teeth where you have kind of funny, you have Funhouse you have Sugar Pine, you have all this stuff where it's like uh, a lot of tiny Machinimas. Yeah. That work together in correlation.
0: But they also... It isn't... Because here's the thing with the MCN is you need to think of it as, like, a company overseeing all the people. The difference with, like, the Rooster Teeth, the kind of funnies, is the company and the people are the same. So this overhead just doesn't exist.
1: Right. So, like, even though Rooster Teeth is sort of the main one that doesn't govern, but, like, like kind of funny, Funhouse, Sugar Pine, all the other ones are underneath the umbrella of Rooster Teeth, they all partner together. There's not one more important than the other and they all cross contaminate together. Yeah. So
0: And in some cases it's more like a partnership. It isn't right. even it isn't even like I don't think Kinda of Funny is even part of Rooster Teeth, but they work with they them work, a lot.
1: Well they're I know they're officially partnered and like that's why Kinda of Funny merch is on the Rooster Teeth store, yeah. right? Like that's this is why so yeah, in that case I think it's it is a partnership, but I mean, there is a certain level of I think kind of like big brother little brother thing yeah. going on there. Um but otherwise I think I think that it's more um like a two-way street.
0: Yeah. Right. Instead of the one-way street that you said. That right? Yeah. yeah. So let's move on. So uh Star Wars
1: cuz of course.
0: Of course. I, I was sitting here. I had been debating for a while, going, how long is it going to be before we just have like a Star Wars tag? And the answer is three episodes. Right. So how long
1: have you been, been going? We've been going for like an hour or f- 50 minutes so far. And so, here,
0: here's two more hours of content. Of, of Star Wars, right? So, okay. Can continue? So, no, I've been like on a Star Wars kick recently because okay. for Christmas, uh, Kelly and Charles, they got me a the Fantasy Flight had done a reprint of the West End Games Star Wars RPG game from the 1980s. Oh, that's awesome. So I have been digging through it, and we've been going, hey, maybe we should run something like it with this. And I started doing more research online and found out, if you're ever looking at doing any Star Wars RPG tabletop, Star Wars D6, the first edition core books have been reprinted but nothing else has. Sure. So you can find all of them online. And so there's so many resources out there that I was just like, "Oh man, there's so much to go through." That I was just like going like, "Man, if I'm going to run something with this, I need to read more." Right. So I've been on this weird Star Wars kick where I've been reading like a, a lot of the books I hadn't read yet in the st- new Star Wars canon to where I think I'm like 4 books in the space of like 2 weeks. That's kind of awesome. So I've been on like a Star Wars kick um and so we have a few things to talk about first off um we're talking about galaxy's edge galaxy's edge apparently in an interview the 30 minute long ride well not only is it like a 30 minute long ride to do smuggler's run the wait is expected to be like four hours well yeah because it's 30 because it's a 30 minute long ride but here's the crazy thing the marketing budget for Galaxy's Edge, apparently, is, like, somewhere between zero and one dollar.
1: Well, they don't need to.
0: And that's exactly their whole thing. They're like, we don't think we need to advertise it. Bob Iger, apparently, in an interview, joked, he's like, yeah, I might just tweet that it's open. Right. And have that be, like, the whole marketing thing. Because they don't feel like they need to. No. And, and they're right. Like, I'm I'm saving up to go.
1: <laughs> right. like, And the thing is, like, so I'm a big Disneyland person. So, like, I... I I can walk that park in my sleep. Um, so, for me, like, Galaxy's Edge is, is something that I followed, and, like, I'm the guy that watches the drone footage of, like, people. Yeah, I've like, been watching the drone footage, too. You know, you, know, you watch drone footage, or, like, uh, I think they have aerial shots that someone took the other day of, like, uh, I guess a plane had flown over the top of it and, like, had taken aerial shots of, like, what's going on. So you can see, like, they've built the Millennium Falcon. Like, it's in there. Like, you can see, like... Real detailed stuff of, of what they have done right now, and I'm super excited for it. It's gigantic, rip Toontown, but like whatever. No one went to Toontown. Fuck Toontown. So then, it. I'm super excited. It's awesome. Um, it's great because my. So my dad. My my dad worked for Vons and for the grocery stores for years, right? And just recently retired. Uh, Jenny works there now, right? Yeah. As a manager. And so, uh, for their local union night, they all, uh, the union rents out Disneyland from like eight or from like, I think six o'clock till, and they keep the park open late to like one o'clock. And so for that period of time, the only people in that park are the union workers. <laughs> so, so, it, so like for me, when we went a couple of years ago, before Samantha was born, uh, was the last time we went. Cause I'm not going to like go to Disneyland without her. So, she, before she was born, we, it got to the point, so have you been to, like, Space Mountain before?
0: No, I think we discussed this, yeah. where, like, the one time I've been to Disneyland, because yes, I live in Los Angeles, and I've still only
1: been to Disneyland once. You gotta go, man. Like, you gotta, um, you gotta go. Space Mountain was closed okay, the one so, time I went. So, uh, on that night, there's a, if anyone's been to Space Mountain, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. There's, like, a long, winding pathway, and then you end up getting into a room, which is, like, their loading bay. And so, like, and it's a uh, stairs around that loading bay. And it usually takes you about, depending if it's a busy day or not, it takes you about an hour to two hours to even get into that room. Um, when we were, and then once you get into the room, then it makes, it takes like 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes from that point. Yeah. Uh, again, remember, did Space Mountain's one of those popular rides there? It's still popular on that night. Uh, on that night, it got to the point where we could ride Space Mountain, run out of the building, and run straight into the building. Oh, damn! So, like, just through the whiny path, and then into the building and without so, without hitting the line. So,
0: I'm guessing that's the one you're going to try to do. All of the oh yeah.
1: So we're so stuff. we've already we already agreed that like when that uni night comes, we're buying a shit ton of tickets and then going to Galaxy's Edge the entire time so oh, yeah, no, I, I'm super excited I've
0: been planning like a like gonna do a Disneyland trip for Galaxy's Edge so, like, when,
1: so here, here's the question when how long do you think before it's like I, it's safe to go and like I will have a good time
0: I am currently my current plan is it a year? N- I don't think I could wait that long okay. that's the real thing is sure uh, yes a year might be safe but who, who are we kidding I'm gonna right. go before that uh, I am waiting for September-October Okay. Like, kids kids, are, back in kids are back in school. People aren't on vacation. I'm just gonna take like a, you know, a weekday. Oh, you know, I I'm thinking about it. Well, you
1: have to. Yeah, you can go on a weekend. There's no yeah,
0: way. Yeah, it, it's. I might take a vacation day and go sure. to Disneyland. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's every way everyone is talking about it. It's gonna be crowded for a long yeah. time, and. You hear the length of the Millennium Falcon ride and all that stuff. It's just like, okay, this is going to be, if you're doing Galaxy's Edge, that's all you're doing at Disneyland. Right. So, like I said, I've only been to Disneyland once. It was like a decade ago. I was in high school. wasn't even living in L.A. at the time. I have no plans on my Disneyland trip to go to anywhere in the park that isn't Star Wars. Just sure. because I know I'm going to want to spend all my time and get, like spend do everything in Galaxy's Edge. And that might take two days. Right, and I can do the rest some other time. Right, I've done Pirates of the Caribbean before. (laughs) Literally, it's a distant memory. But I can always like I live close enough. I can go whenever.
1: Like I have a friend that bought tickets and and, or is planning on going the opening day, but not going to Galaxy's Edge. Oh no, is going to the regular park. Oh, exactly. It's going to be completely empty. Yeah,
0: everyone's going to be going to Galaxy's Edge. You could probably get Space Mountain three times in an hour. Right. Um. So no, I am stoked about it. There's going to be tie in. Comics, a tie in novel. Yeah. And if you've read any of the Thrawn books, because yes, they've been I have. Up, Thrawn Alliances takes place on the same planet. Yeah. So I was just like, this is Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, <laughs> like, I was reading awesome. that book. I'm, I'm very like, excited. It's so like, it's, they're doing, I think, a very smart rollout. Like, I don't think they need to, they no, don't need to work it because the fan base is already, like, chomping at the bit.
1: Yeah. Everyone's super excited. Again, like, we're looking at drone footage at this point. Like, yeah. it's not, everyone's like, super pumped it's um,
0: they they don't like he, he's right bob Iger's right he just needs to put out a tweet going it's open and yeah and they're flying.
1: and again like for anyone that's kind of doubting it go look at the footage go look at the aerial shots it's gigantic it is massive
0: i haven't looked at aerial shots in a couple of months i think i'm gonna probably do that oh after this, this came this out
1: this came out a couple of weeks ago of like the shot like literal shots of what they have and it's it's done it's it's a lot done they're literally putting on final touches like it it's crazy
0: yeah no i i can't wait right. that's gonna that's gonna be something where my normally silent instagram is gonna be crazy yeah because i'm gonna be actually taking pictures for a change right
1: i mean it, it's it's gonna be incredible so yeah. i'm it, i'm excited i'm ready for it
0: um so one other thing before we go into some Star Wars game news. Uh, we've talked about this. Like I'm sure if you follow us on Twitter, which given our viewership, there's a good chance. Um, you and I had a conversation a while back about doing a Star Wars marathon yeah. of everything. Yes. With, But not, not necessarily everything. We would limit ourselves on Clone Wars and Rebels to the essential episodes. Sure. So here's here's kind of something I just want to put out for us to do at around a certain day in May. Okay. I think what we need to do is come up with our own individual lists of what we think are the essential Clone Wars and Rebels episodes, and share. That. Oh, okay. So so, so
1: not just non filler, but like not,
0: yeah, like it like kind of. If we were to come up with an abridged version for people who are interested in seeing Clone Wars and Rebels but didn't want to watch every episode but just have the essential stuff, I think we should have a list and we should share that with everyone. I'm terrible at
1: this because to me, if it's not filler, it's. It's essential, right? So, like, I'm, yeah. the, I'm the person that, like, when people are like, should I watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? And I'm like, yes. The first half is really tough to get through, but the second half is fantastic and it's great from there. And like, well, can I just start at the second half? I was like, no. The first half helps you learn who these characters are and builds them and then tears them down in the second half. <laughs> like, that's the whole point. Like, it doesn't hit you as hard in the second <laughs> half if you don't watch the first half. And so, like, to me... If it's not canon, or if it's canon, and it's not filler, it's necessary. It's necessary. So I think, basically, we're going to have to each come
0: up with our own list <laughs> and compare them. So in a couple months, around a certain May date, sure, are broadcasting, uh, I say we need to come down and compare our lists and share <laughs> them with the audience. I'm in. I'm in. So keep an eye out for our essential episodes of Clone Wars and Rebels. But... Uh, Moving on with more Star Wars because it's you and me. There's sure. always more Star Wars. Uh, Disney is evidently happy with EA and their right. Star Wars output. And apparently the comment Bob Iger made was Disney doesn't do games well. So they're glad that they have a publishing partner that does games. Right. And they're happy with it. Sure. I I don't know how I feel about that because I, I get, first off, I get where they're coming from, and there's a second thing where Polygon wrote a piece when the whole hoopla of EA should lose their license started coming up as sure. a topic a few weeks ago. They were able to Wrote a very in-depth thing about why other independent publishers and developers might not actually be interested in a Star Wars license, and it basically came down to you give Disney too much money, and there's not enough profit to be made in it. Sure, and there's no guarantee it's going to be a success. Plus, they're like with tie-in games, right. They can often be hit or miss. But everyone is feeling really good off of Spider-Man Four, so or not Spider-Man Four, but Spider-Man.
1: Yeah, for PS4. For PS4
0: that everyone's like, why can't we get? that was Star Wars and their answer was do you really think someplace like Rockstar is going to make a Star Wars game right when they don't have control over it and I think that might be why we're stuck with EA and might be stuck with EA for longer is EA right well, we again we don't, we don't we don't do know it.
1: we don't know what's going on behind the scenes and we don't know the exact details of the deal right yeah so like again like that comes to your point of like we don't we, we don't know we don't know right um but the thing the thing with Marvel uh and Insomniacs talked about it, and like everyone that's worked on worked on Spider-Man talked about it of like how open Marvel was to like them changing the story and them changing the canon and to them really getting to play to
0: make their own Spider-Man. Right,
1: and, and s- you won't get that with Star Wars no. because
0: everything that is Star Wars branded now has to be run
1: through right.
0: the Lucasfilm Story Group, and if it has a story element, it has to be canon.
1: <laughs> right, and I think it has, like, comic books give you that. Comic books and comic book characters give you that leeway of like hey this is just a spinoff or like this is a story like this is a different thing Star Wars really especially now with all with the cleanup of the canon and like the EU stuff like this is really where they've kind of crocked down the most and so yeah you can't really have that kind of stuff
0: because that made me start thinking about it too because one of the developers I follow a lot Paradox they make a lot of the grand strategy games like Crusader Kings and all that and I remember at one point someone's like you know who would be great with the Star Wars license Paradox and I was like what would they do? and I think that's I think that's the other problem is you have developers who we might all be like, oh man, these developers are great. They should do a Star Wars game. You run into the problem is does that developer really want to make a Star Wars game
1: right. And that's I think like I, I can name you four or five developers off the bat that could do great Star Wars games, but like are they interested? Uh, do they want to spend time like do they want to spend the amount of time and money and resources to do that? like it's it's a like it's not easy to make a Star Wars game. Yeah. And to have it up to the level that people are looking for, right? And Polygon's
0: argument was they're like... Because they're like, yeah, BioWare could have easily made Anthem a Star Wars game. But if you don't make it a Star Wars game, you control the license and You can do whatever you want with it going down the road. So that means that as a developer, even EA on some level doesn't have an incentive to make everything Star Wars. Right.
1: So... But again, it goes back to the thing of like... um, of, like, when you don't have the license, and you have full control. Like, you don't, there's no risk in Disney's just coming down and saying, like, yeah, no, kill that. Yeah. Right? And so, if you put in all this time and resources into something and want it to be a living game or something that travels for a long, long time, then you just run into the idea of, like, Oh, they can just come down and take it away from us. Yeah, it could just, it right? could just like be gone in just a gone moment, and like we just lost everything, right? So you could bet you bet the farm, and like no one but EA has the wherewithal to do that, right?
0: Yeah, now. I mean, maybe Activision,
1: maybe. But Activision is so in their buckets, yeah. Right, so like Blizzard, Call of Duty, Skylanders, like Landers? they have the like, they have
0: the resources, but they don't.
1: Right, they're they, they're set. They're good. They're set. They're good. So. And then EA, EA Sports division, like Madden division, FIFA, do so much money that they can risk taking. They can take a lot of risks elsewhere. Yeah, where you know they're not gonna kind of have a problem. And like especially now with like Apex, right? Like Apex is gonna make them yeah. tons of money.
0: And so that's I think that's gonna be the thing is EA is gonna have the license. They're gonna have it for a while because unless Disney and Lucasfilm start doing it in house, right? I, I don't think it's gonna ever. It, it might be something that as much as we don't like it, it's gonna get renewed with EA. Ooh. Yeah. I, 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 the more I think about it, the more I think that it's not going to leave anytime soon. No. And even when it's up for renegotiation, given how things are performed, EA might be able to negotiate a better deal. Right. So in that case, both parties don't really have an incentive to look the other way. Sure. So final note, uh, EA has confirmed, though, that Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order will be coming out in the fall. So we are going to get finally... A third Star Wars game, so.
1: And and I will say, Apex Legends gives me a lot of uh, yeah that goodwill towards like I'm thinking that game to be awesome. So so
0: speaking of James, let's switch to games. So Apex Legends, it's right yeah, there at I the keep, top. I keep talking about it and
1: like <laughs> games. Right. I keep talking about it and uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> no, it's it was weird. I was on Polygon, I think.
1: Tuesday or Wednesday? So did you ca- when, when did you catch the wave? Like wh- Here, hit- here's
0: I. It was one of those things where I like I saw the tsunami yeah. from beginning to end, and the entire time I was like, "Where the hell did this come from?" Because I remember like. Apex, like, it was almost like there was no fanfare, no announcement, no one had any idea this thing was coming. All of a sudden, I hear a thing, Apex Legends being put out for free, and everyone's like, oh my god, EA put out something for free? And it's by the Titanfall developers? And then the guys doing Star Wars uh, Fallen Order? Okay, I'll check it out. And then all of a sudden, it's like... The next day, it's like 10 million people have already downloaded it and started playing. And then the day after that, like, here's a guide to get started in Apex Legends. I'm like, wait, did this just become the next Fortnite? So, <laughs> it, just, it was just like one of those ones where like in the space of like three days, I was just like, yeah. okay, this went from being a new thing to the thing.
1: So, so spoilers, uh, I was invited to an event, uh, I forget, like a week or so ago. I didn't go, um, but I had a lot of friends that went, and basically it was Respawn... Showing off Apex Legends to being like, hey, this is coming out soon. Like, be aware. This is coming yeah. out soon. Right. And so everyone that played it loved it. And I was like, kind of not on the hype. And because again, I, I was invited, but I didn't go. And so I was like, okay, well, whatever. And so rumors started coming out of like, hey, it's Apex Legends. It's based in the Titanfall Fault universe. It's a battle royale game coming out for free, blah, blah, blah. right. And so that, that came out a couple days before it launched. Um, Jason Schreier broke that story from Kotaku. And so I was like, okay, cool. Like, it sounds great, whatever. And boom! Okay, hey, it's live. Okay, great. And then I downloaded it. I played one game, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is everything I wanted!" Right? Like, and
0: it's so good. Like, admittedly, I've only like I told you this earlier. I've only about got about thirty minutes into it, and we'll we'll go into my whole personal issues and with the game in a bit. But immediately, I was like, "Holy crap, this is really like." I was caught off not caught off guard but immediately impressed by the level of polish right. and just how smooth everything was sure. I was just like okay I can see myself playing this a lot
1: so it runs on a modified engine from Titanfall 2 so I don't know if we've, we've discussed this I've, I think I've talked, I think I've tried to convince you before that Titanfall is one of the most important shooters in the last decade. I don't think we've
0: ever talked about it. It's just, it's like Titanfall is this weird shooter that whenever someone talks about it, they have nothing but praise, but it just never quite clicked.
1: clicked. Well, what killed Titanfall 1 was that it was a a PC and Xbox One exclusive, and that was when Xbox One first launched and was not popular. So um, that was a big deal. And then when Titanfall 2 came out, I think the number two just kind of scares people.
0: Well, I also heard that it came out and then, like, the next Yeah, week, it was Battlefield. Got... Battlefield
1: and Battlefront. No, Battlefront and Call of Duty. So, it's it sandwiched between very big titles, which was unfortunate. Yeah. So, it kind of died on its on its own. Uh, for people that don't know, though, so, like, the history of Respawn, it's kind of interesting. So, Vincent Pella was the head of Infinity Ward when Infinity Ward was killing it with Call of Duty. So, like, Modern Warfare 3, or Modern Warfare 4. um, So, Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare 2, um, and sort of what the golden age of Call of Duty was, like, when it really broke out, and, like, what everyone considers to be, like, sort of the birthplace of the modern shooter, right? Yeah. Um, Or at least the modern multiplayer shooter, right? So, those games were made by Infinity Ward with Vincent Pella at the head. And so... There was a big legal debate or legal thing between Activision and Call of Duty and Infinity Ward. I'm not entirely sure of the details. There's a lot to it.
0: There's a lot to it. And I, I don't, the few times I've looked into it, like it's almost like a lot of those details are still under seal.
1: Yeah, they don't want to talk about it. Like, yeah, no, like, no one, no wants, one to wants to talk about, to talk about it. About no it. one wants to know. The point of it is that Infinity Ward and Call of Duty stayed with Activision. And then Vincent Pella and the majority of his team, if not all of them, went and formed a new company called Respawn, which, again, makes Titan, made Titanfall, had success. And then now, so this is, this is in the Titanfall universe. There's no Titans in it, but it's in the Titanfall universe. It uses the same guns, same gunplay. So me, as a Titanfall player, I was like, totally in. Cool. These are guns I know. These are gameplay I know. Like, I'm in. And you jump in there, and it uses... It's it's like they cherry pick the best parts of all the battle royale games, and we're like, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this, and then like put them in one game, right? And it's awesome. And so I remember we talked about a couple weeks ago of how uh, Blackout, yes yeah. is in my opinion the best battle royale version of battle royale, right? Um, and like debating, we were talking about whether or not I could go free to play, right? This literally took elements of Blackout, and like it is what Blackout should be, but it's free. Yeah right, like and it's free. Um the loot distribution works in a way that is like Blackout where it's very fair with the way it distributes loot and it's very easy to find loot and continue looting throughout the map and, and feeling like you're making progress. Um and at the same time it it has an attachment system like it does in PUBG, but it takes away the complexity and adds in Fortnite simplicity. So like uh in in Fortnite, have you played, like, Battle Like, if I'm talking about this stuff, do so you don't I,
0: know I it's I've played Battle Royales very briefly, but okay. I've followed them
1: enough to where I know okay. the so
0: how like, it works. So, like,
1: really quickly, like, Fortnite, when you find a gun, the gun is colored, right? So it's either white, green, blue, purple, or gold, yellow, whatever, whatever you want to call it, right? Yeah. And those are the rarities and determine strength or power, right? So, um, and it's the gun, right? So, like, if you find a blue gun, cool, okay, Oh, purple one. Okay, I'm going to pick that up instead, right? Same, or depending on weapon type, right? Yeah. So, like, whatever depends on what your preference is or whatever you want, right? Um, PUBG does something different where it's you pick up guns and then you find attachments and then you can put on different attachments in different places and whatever and it adjusts the gun in different ways. Yeah. Stability or, or, you know, rifling, things like that. S- scopes, different stuff. Handles, grips, things like that um, that improve the gun's performance, right? So, a lot of your looting in... PUBG is all attachments or not so much guns, but like attachments, ammo and stuff like that, right? Really like sort of the extra stuff on top of the gun. Uh, Apex does the same thing as PUBG, where you find the gun, great, and it has four attachment slots. So you're not in a menu equipping them and putting them in a thing. Once you pick up an attachment, it automatically attaches oh, to nice. the gun yeah. and fills one of those sp- those slots. So like you have a, a like a shotgun will have three slots where it's like... Grips, uh, stability stock, and like scope, right? So like, and or like, some one of them would be extended mags or whatever, whatever it is, right? So you've it has the specific spot or like slot for that attachment to like slot into, right? Now the cool thing is that in PUBG, while those attachments, you really have to think for yourself, like what I want, and like there's no real one that's better than the other. And same thing goes here for, um, well, kind of for scopes. It really depends on like what you want as a scope, right? Yeah, what you're comfortable with. But the attachments in Apex are all colored, so they go white, blue, purple, yellow. They get rid of the green that Fortnite has. So really, you can really see at a glance of what is the best piece of like the best thing that you can grab. And when you grab, like if you if you have a blue extended mags, or uh, sorry, yeah, if you have blue extended mags magazine in your attachment in your gun and you find a purple one that purple one automatically takes the place of the blue so basically one. they simplified the, the right.
0: attachment system
1: um there's that that's great there's a really cool recovery and respawn mechanic um that i won't get into details because it's kind of complicated and then like there's a really great in-depth ping system so like when you're playing with teammates you really they made it that so- was
0: something i w- was when i was doing like the Training mode. I was like, "Holy crap! You can ping like everything." Yeah,
1: and the thing is, like, they're all context sensitive. Yeah, and so it's really useful. Like, you don't. That's why I love and the thing that you were talking about, like, not wanting to work with teammates or like having bad experiences online with teammates. Right. The thing with Apex is like. First the ping system makes it so easy to communicate. You don't need to communicate with a microphone. You can just communicate with those pings and it works perfectly fine and seamless. And because it's such a heavy focus on team play and like team play is so important in that game that more so than any other battle royale I've seen, right? Like PUBG maybe, but like Apex doesn't even have a solo mode. Like you have to go as threes. Yeah. And so like with the focus on team play, you're really playing. If you're playing Apex, you want to work as a team. So like, you people on there are willing to work, willing to teach you, willing to like. Do my first couple of games. The guy was like, "Let me walk you through this whole thing." Like, I played in beta. Like, let me let me walk you through this whole thing and like really walk me through the game. Like, taught me a lot.
0: Yeah, because I only played really briefly. Yeah. In matchmaking, I have not been like five minutes. Right, but, but I,
1: I haven't had a bad experience yet, which yeah. is crazy because I played a ton. Because
0: the thing, I mentioned to you was one of the reasons why I had been leery about stuff like that is sure. I haven't really played multiplayer shooters since like Halo three. Sure. So it's been oh god like a decade. But one of the reasons why I stopped communicating was you would always get teammates who wouldn't listen, who wouldn't communicate right. well to the point or would just be abusive if you weren't quite sure what was going on. Sure. Or objective maps they wouldn't play the objective and they would get mad that you were it just to the point where i just started muting right uh chat to where unless i was playing with a friend i wouldn't have my microphone on or anything to where the moment i'm like oh man i have to be teamed up with someone i'm like i'm leery but i um, the one of the first things i noticed was i never felt even though i played briefly i never felt harped on for being new
1: right and, like, the thing, again, with the ping system, it makes it so easy of just, like, I can ping something, I can clearly see it on my map. Yeah. Like, if I have questions, I can ask, or I can type, or, like, I can I can kind of figure it out. Because Battle Royale, as a format, is not a hard game to know yeah. how to play. Like, it's Last Man Standing, you loot around, you find whatever, right? Um, stuff like that. But it's, it's little things, right? It's little things that they do. Like, so when you kill someone, in Fortnite, when you kill someone, or PUBG, when you kill someone... Or Well, Poji, when you kill someone, they drop, and then you have to go to their backpack and loot their backpack, right? Fortnite, when you kill someone, all their stuff explodes, and then it's just on the floor, right? So all their stuff, it's kind of messy. It's hard to see what's going on. Um, so I like the bag system, but I don't like that I have to go in there to see what what it is, I'm stuck in a menu. Uh, what Apex does that's great is when you kill someone... They drop a box, so it's like for it's like PUBG, but that box is colored with their highest piece of gear. So you know. It's so I know exactly. Like if, it, if it's if it's glowing purple, I know that there's an epic item in it that I can grab. Right? If it glows yellow, like I definitely want to go there. If it doesn't glow at all, then I probably don't have anything in there. Right? I'll also check and scroll through really quick. But like normally, they won't have anything in there. Right? So it's, yeah, it's very easily at a glance. Like it's everything you want in a, in the other battle royale games have done great, but it's stripped around. It stripped out all the fat and kept everything in there and put everything in there that's kind of innovative and and mixed things together that make it great. Yeah, it's... It's a 10 out of 10 game so far that I've played.
0: One of the things I found interesting is, I think it was this morning, so it might have hit their website last night, but... uh, Polygon wrote a piece where they were going Apex Legends is becoming so big I wonder if EA realizes they might have shot themselves in the foot because now they have this big game everyone's playing. Anthem's out in a couple weeks. This yeah. might in- eat into Anthem. And the big PUBG version for I think Battlefront or Battlefield 5 yeah. was supposed to hit in March. And they're like, well now you have the free version of, of right. Battle Royale that is really, really good. This might eat into Anthem sales and it's going to kind of it negates the other Battle Royale version of the right. other
1: game you have. I think it's sad because I think Anthem's are really different. I think Anthem might put more in like a Destiny kind of yeah. vibe. Um, and the gameplay is extremely different from what I've played of Anthem. I don't know how much has changed. I, last time I played it was at E3, so it might have changed quite a bit. But from what I... Oh, no. Sorry, I did play beta. So, no, it hasn't changed too much. Um, but the game is a ton of fun. It's just very different styles. It's like the thing of... A lot of people were talking about Apex Legends versus Fortnite. And like, yeah. Because, again, Apex had 10 million players in 72 hours, which took Fortnite two weeks to grab attention. Which yeah. I think it's different because that was sort of the beginning of the Battle Royale wave. It was, yeah. like So, like of course, there's more people now, so it's going to be easier to grab that 10 million. Uh, and a lot of people were saying that like everything Apex does... I think I saw someone say the other day that like, everything Apex does uh, or everything Fortnite does Apex is better which I think is false I think it's a bad statement cuz I think there's things that Fortnite does differently I think they're just different games right it's like it's very much here's the storm League of Legends Dota 2 right yeah. they're very different games and like same games, genre very different very games. different and so depending on what you're into like yes, Apex is everything I want and everything a lot of like competitive shooter people want because it feels like old school Call of Duty and it feels like Titanfall.
0: But then you and run into the question of will it run on my phone?
1: Right, and will it run on my phone? And will my seven-year-old nephew want to? Want exactly, to play, right? Like it's very different and very different I groups that they're targeting. Honestly,
0: the only loser in this is PUBG. Right, because
1: because pu- yes, exactly, because Apex directly cuts into PUBG. Yeah, and so. I'm sad about it because I think Bluehole as a company are pretty good. I just think that they they didn't polish their game enough. Yeah, like the game should be way further ahead than it is now. They went into infrastructure of other things first, which I understand. it's completely understandable. Like, yeah, get your esports scene going, get all this stuff going, uh, you know, up your your community team, and get all this stuff, and and make sure that you're getting on different platforms. That's great. But man, that game's not polished at all. And like, yeah, when you play, it looks like it's still an alpha. But when you play Apex Legends, you're like, oh, this game's done. Yeah, but it's not because there's tons of bugs. And that that was the other thing too. That's great is their community management is fantastic, and it's respawn, and it's it's that background of old school Call of Duty, and like, they're in the subreddit, they're in like Apex Legend subreddit. Boom! This more like I think two days last yesterday. There's a list of like, hey, hey guys, or no, Friday. It was, hey, guys, we're leaving the office. Have a fun weekend. But here's a list of th- of bugs that we've noticed or things that you've brought to our attention that we'll be working on really hard on next week. Like, here's all Dude, lists that's of awesome. what we got, right? And, like, hey, if there's anything uh, – like, we're, we're again, we're go- like, out of the office for the weekend. But, like, here's a list of what we have so far. If there's anything you run into over the weekend, just drop it in just this thread. Just drop it in this thread. And we'll oh, take a God. look in the morning or Monday morning, whatever, blah, blah. And then, like, Dude, that's, that's And then yesterday the servers went down and they were, like – Updating every twenty minutes of like, hey, here's where we're at. Hey, uh, dude, that's Xbox okay. is coming back online, but PC is still a little behind. Hold on, give us a second. Like five star community team. Yeah, like dude, they're like every every twenty minutes to a half hour on the dot of like, here's an update. Here's where we're at. Like, hey, sorry about this stuff. Here's here's where we're going. Here's blah blah. blah. And like all this stuff. And you got to think they weren't expect. They're were expecting probably people, but they weren't expecting this amount of people. And so them for like putting out these fires, calmly putting out these fires is like crazy.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's great. I'm probably gonna sit down and play it a bit today. Uh um, do it man, let me know. I'm yeah. Uh drop in with you. Some other news to move on from Apex Legends. Um, this is something I found very interesting. Now, one of the big things on like iOS that's been bad is Apple's done a, not a good job with like Game Center. Sure. It's just bad. Microsoft apparently is planning to expand Xbox Live yeah. to where not only will it be on Xbox, but you can link it to your computer, yeah. your I- iOS device, yeah. Android device, and even Nintendo Switch.
1: Right. So that's a little bit of a misconception in the uh, kind of wording of it. Yeah. Um,
0: it's not Xbox Live, yeah, per se, but it's the account,
1: right? Where you can have
0: it be the games on those platforms can be tied to your account,
1: right? So it's mainly stuff like crossplay games, so uh, Fortnite, PUBG, or not PUBG, Fortnite, Rocket League, uh, Minecraft for the Switch, right? So like right now on the Switch, I can log into my Xbox account. It's been like that since launch of Minecraft for Switch, where I can log into my Xbox account and because Microsoft's or a Microsoft owned product, I can log into my Microsoft account and get my saved data from the cloud, from Microsoft Cloud, to play on my Switch. Yeah. Right? It, but and so like that that basically what they're saying is that pro or that system is going to transfer over to these other games that are also cross played.
0: That are not only that, but they're not limiting it to Microsoft exclusives. Right. Which I Which think, is the important thing. Which fact. is the right. important thing. Which I think that's great. Yeah. Like, I honestly, I saw that and I'm like, you know what? I have no problem with this. Yeah. Like, I would love to be able to have just one. Cause, like, you have my Steam account, I have my GOG, I have my Origin, I have all these. It'd be nice to just be logged in on Xbox right. and see everything. Yeah. I know that's not going to happen, but I applaud the effort.
1: It's giving you the option, right? Yeah, that's that's the only. And if thing that good. means
0: third-party developers can take advantage of it, and that may makes it easier to find people, find your friends, that's great. Yeah, I I applaud the effort, and I wish All more. It. I wish more companies would think that way. Right, and that's something I that I think is interesting is that Microsoft, after the whole just debacle with the original initial
1: Xbox One release, has been really good well, about it's so, like it's, building community. It's so funny, and I I think we had this discussion when it first came out of like. To me, Xbox One was a hundred percent on point, and and like Microsoft saw the future of where the industry they was going. They want
0: to be the Microsoft of games, and they or were not Microsoft, the, the Netflix of games.
1: Well, they saw the mar- they saw the market. They were like, "Hey, Xbox, digital only, or like digital licenses. Like this is this is the future, maybe. Like this is where we're going." And everyone gave them so much shit. And I was the thing that I was saying was like, if they had did that now.
0: They'd be fine. I remember you fine. and I when it first happened. You and I were both like, "They're right." We read through it and we were like, "Not only are they right, the problem was they did a horrible job explaining um,
1: right. it." Right, but they're 100 right. It would it would have helped them in the long run if they did if they went through with their initial plan. But then backtracking on their plan, Sony punching them in the mouth, yeah, it, really was just killed their entire momentum and like ruined that launch. Like that's why for the next generation, for the next wave of consoles. I think Microsoft has a huge leg up. And, like, yeah. the way they're buying studios, like, fucking candy, like, there's they're going to be set up and ready to go.
0: And, yeah, it's one of those cases where I feel like Microsoft has really embraced the idea of em- embracing the community. Right. So, yeah, again, like, I applaud the effort. I'm glad they're doing it. Because any, anything that breaks down artificial barriers in terms of c- building a community around a game is a plus. Sure. So... Bravo to Microsoft on that one. Definitely. Um, Final note. Did you hear about the concert in Fortnite?
1: Yeah. (laughs) I uh, I was in there for a little bit. 10 million people attended
0: the concert in Fortnite during the Super Bowl. And the only reason I wanted to highlight that was because it it reminded me of, I I know I've talked to you about this, I don't know if we talked about it on stream, how I used to, and sometimes still, dabble in Lord of the Rings online. They had concerts first. (laughs) So, so, again, like, this, Lord gets, of
1: the this gets back to the thing of like <laughs> Apex Legends versus Fortnite, right? Like, they just go so differently. Like, you can't do that.
0: In, yeah, I don't. Apex I, Legends, playing right? Apex Legends for the brief that I did, I could not see it building that, whereas Fortnite, from what I know of it,
1: yeah, you can do that you easily, do easily do right? That. Like, it, so Whatever. I just, I just thought Kudos. it was cool that they Kudos had done that. So they're building very different communities, and I think like people that try to keep trying to put them against each other is very different. they you know, very, very it's, bad. Don't do that.
0: And that's there's space for both. Yeah
1: don't do that don't 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 uh shoehorn people into like one game people yeah. can like multiple things you can like multiple versions uh, uh, multiple games in the same genre yeah i play a ton of league of Le- i coach league of legends and i work in league of legends but i play a ton of dota also dota auto chess is actually like god tier like that's awesome so, continue. speaking of
0: work james let's switch it up to esports it's got its own tag
1: oh hey
0: hey uh, don't you feel special i do so, Overwatch League yeah. starts on the 14th, so that's this Thursday. Right. And I know we've talked about it, we've touched about it briefly on the stream, but I, I feel like we just should sit down and discuss our own apprehensions around the Overwatch League. Sure.
1: So, from a casual fan's perspective, what is your... Before it, I go off the rails... What, yeah, before what you Morris, go off the
0: rails... From a casual fan perspective, I think the biggest problem Overwatch League has is I can't tell you what's going on half the time, and I'm not talking in terms of gameplay because I play Overwatch enough to where I know what's going on in the game while I'm watching it. I have no clue how their standings work. I have no clue how their playoffs work because they they, they seem nonsensical. It's like there's a playoff every ten games, and they don't really mean anything. But they're not the actual playoffs. It's not the sure. world champion. It's just the it just there's a lot of design in the how the system has worked right. that doesn't feel as well thought out or hasn't been well explained. Right. To where I feel like a lot of the things that they're doing that I find interesting, like trying to build location-based teams. Right. You know, they're trying to ape, you know, professional... Like, the traditional professional sports, they're trying to mimic, you know, NBA, NHL, and MLB by having a geographically linked team. Like, there's things I find interesting, but it's like their whole structure
1: of the league,
0: I find nonsensical.
1: Sure. I would agree with that. So, uh, why don't you... Uh, I mean, it's just, it's, it's stuff like they... I don't even know where to start. So... There's a lot of con- there was a lot of concern when it first launched that they were a little too late. They were supposed to launch uh, early 2017, from what I remember, because I remember talking to NGE, Next Generation Esports, was supposed to do their broadcast for it when it first launched, and they pivoted uh, away from that and went to making their own studio, which is the one in Burbank, right? Yeah. So. Uh, that took an extra year to, for them to do and then launch, right? So then the thing that was interesting was like they sh- they struck a little late, right? The iron wasn't as hot as it should have been. Like they probably should have put it back in the forge. Oh, a so that's longer. didn't isn't that
0: right around the time that Bo- I know PUBG was big, but wasn't Fortnite starting to pick up also around the launch? Uh,
1: no, 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 no. It was a little later than that. Um, that Fortnite was a little later, but. Um, the thing was with Overwatch League is like sponsors were very wary uh cuz just leagues in general are a little wary. The buy-in was incredibly high to get a spot in the league. Uh so now you're talking about okay, hey, they're so now for this season, they had a a decent first season. They signed a lot of deals, they made money, um but and, and but their viewership numbers are a little skewed because they had very very high highs and very Middle of the road regular season games. So, like, where you look at something like the LCS, their numbers are pretty consistent throughout the entire season. Uh, Where uh, Overwatch League had very up and down, roller coastery kind of season in terms of viewership. So, that doesn't bode well, and that makes it very hard to sell monetization in terms of sponsors because they don't know exactly what they're buying uh, from week to week. So, it's hard to sort of correlate where, like, what the times that you're buying in terms of commercial time or like sponsor time um so like a lot of sponsors are wary i know a lot of them pulled out after season one so like they just signed a deal with coca-cola they announced that uh i think yesterday a couple days ago um so that should be a huge sponsor for them so i'm curious to see the details of that Those will probably come out soon or at least i'll find out somehow of like what those details are um but i'm not extremely Convinced because Coca-Cola has this sort of thing with esports. We'll sign on for like a year and test the waters and see how it goes. They're very Coca-Cola is one of the one one sponsor that's very fickle in terms of signing long-term. Well, deals.
0: Coca-Cola's strategy has been for advertising is to advertise everywhere, but they are. Still experimenting with some digital advertising right. because they don't, as much as they're willing to advertise everywhere. You're not necessarily going to advertise to a podcast that has a viewership or a listenership. Right. Well, that's it's low. So Coca-Cola, but,
1: Coca-Cola sponsored the Academy series, the Challenger series for League of Legends for a year. Then they did, uh, they sponsored that IGN esports talk show uh, for a year. So like they're very like dip the toe in take it out yeah. kind of a company in terms of like sponsorships. And so. Uh, I remember when I was uh, my my good friend Dylan Hornbrook was their uh, esports advisor for a long time, and so I got a lot of insight from them of like how they think about it. And so yeah, they're very much like in the realm of like test the waters, and like that's how they run things. Um, so that's concerning that like the the big sponsor that they announced for this year is, is one that might still right, be that, just
0: testing the waters. Right.
1: So like that's a little concerning. Um, they. They cut a lot, so they had they hired the best of the best in the industry in terms of production staff, and like their production staff was very very impressive, uh, and so that's why all of their stuff looked fantastic, and like from a production standpoint, they had one of the cleanest broadcasts you could possibly make. Yeah, um, but they let a lot of them go. Because they were all under freelance, they weren't contracted. Or they were they weren't hi- they weren't official hires, they were freelance contractors. And so, in this
0: in in television production, that's basically you go from gig to gig, you don't wait around. Right.
1: So so they but they weren't offered contracts this year. Um so a lot of their top talent left and are no longer there. So from what I've seen in the preseason so far, their broadcast stuff is still solid but it's not nearly as clean like there's a little bit of late transitions and like things that you as a like a casual as someone as a casual viewer wouldn't recognize but like you something pro- you and me like, would pick up, would up on, probably yeah. pick up on like ooh that cameras like uh, the camera the camera turn is not as clean the jib shots a little dirty like stuff like that yeah. right so there's there's a lot of mistakes there uh like, esports makeup. So, like, Mama Rose is a, is probably the most famous esports makeup person in the industry. Uh, she, does LC, she did LCS. She did all the Overwatch stuff. She does BlizzCon every year. She does ESL stuff. She's probably the makeup artist in the industry. Uh, so, they just announced that they weren't brought back either for Overwatch Season 2. Sounds like they're probably um,
0: having major budget cuts. Right.
1: So, there's major budget cuts, but... They are also expanding the league and adding new teams. Uh, they redid their entire merchandising thing. They got yeah. new jerseys. They got uh, you know a ton of new merchandising stuff, like less generic stuff. The first season was very generic and very kind of blah. So now they've got a li- they've gone a little more in on like cool T-shirts and like cool designs and things like that, which is a little different. And on top of expansion, the expansion cost to buy in uh, was more, t- was than, more than, than, than it was initially. Start, yeah. And after a fledgling season, they're really capitalizing on the FOMO of, like, people that just want to get in. Yeah. Um, which is smart. But, again, like, where do you, what are you doing? Kind of begs the question. Uh so I'm concerned there after this season. So their plan for season three is for all the teams to play, not at the Burbank studio, but to play from their home s- city. Or like
0: have like it sounded like they were still trying to figure out where exactly they do it. It might be like a it sounded like they were looking at even doing like a roving tournament. No, 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 or, no, no. Like, no. Or oh, did you that
1: don't... change? Oh, you don't know. So their their idea is to have it like a professional. Yeah,
0: I thought that was the end goal, but they were trying to do that next season.
1: Yeah. So their next season goal is to have all of the teams play from their home base, and then have them fly out to wherever, like oh home and away games, like essentially having yeah. them on the schedule. So like if you, if the LA Valiant have to play the Chengdu Pandas or whatever, they have to fly to Chengdu. Well, and here's to play. the crazy thing
0: about that because that was the thing I had been wondering, like how they were going to handle. Right. First off, a that's way sooner than I thought. Secondly. You kind of need to, like, how's your structure going to work? Because first off, the structure that they have in terms of how games are played, like, how many games are played on a weekend, like and how the standings all work, it's like, it's not going to work the way it's working no now more. if you're going to start doing this thing where teams are based in their in yeah. different yeah. places. Geographical locations? Yeah.
1: yeah. So you're gonna to have
0: to rethink your structure like the entire structure of both gameplay playoff and all that isn't going to work if you're gonna be geographically based right
1: so so that's a concern that's another concern that I'm having right uh also there's a so blizzard just shut down the here's the storm yeah uh, kind of pro scene so like that they, they haven't shut down the pro scene, but like, there's no longer a championship for well, Heroes of the they, Storm.
0: Yeah, there's no longer a championship for Heroes of the Storm. They canceled like uh, Heroes of the Dorm, which was the well, college. Yeah, they scene. never,
1: they never officially announced that for the year. Yeah. So
0: like it, it got it got canceled.
1: Yeah. So it it just was they were it was not renewed as a, yeah. as an event. So, uh, Victor Goosen's the CEO and the founder of Team Liquid, had a great statement, basically saying like. The company like game companies have a right to do whatever they want with esports and but they have a responsibility to not treat it like a marketing thing because it's not just a marketing thing. Yeah. But there are careers and people that rely on This infrastructure and this sort of system to be in place, and so when you just take it away, yeah,
0: you can't treat it's not marketing at this point. If you're especially at the point they're at, it stops being a marketing thing and becomes an actual league, right? Which means you need to make sure that the players are taken care of, that contracts are fair, that That the teams are taken care of, that
1: teams are taken care of. You can't just disband like a thing, yeah. So it, it. so it's tough, right? So, so Liquid pulled out of, out of Heroes of the Storm and like made that statement, very good statement. Go read it if you need to. Um, and so it's tough because, like, where are these budget cuts coming from? What's going on? So the big news came that like Activision CFO I think got a fifteen million dollar bonus, and then they're also cutting I think eighty or to a hundred employees. Like they're yeah. cutting a lot of of people. What is happening? where are we going uh you know we don't we still don't know we know that they're t- making changes to the Hearthstone tournament format so we don't know what's going on there if there's going to be a world championship for that or if they're killing that as well and they're going to go all in on Overwatch or like what's going on with the StarCraft uh, WCG like I don't we don't know so that's it's all muddled it's all weird and like I think they're going all in on Overwatch and I think that the way it's progressing now, it's gonna it's gonna continue to have middling results and, yeah. and not be like I think they were they were looking at Overwatch to carry them to the future, and I don't think that right now it has the momentum to do that, which it is scary. It,
0: but yeah, it is scary. It was we talked about this a couple <clears throat> weeks ago, where uh, an analyst was saying that given the prevalence of these free games like Fortnite or now Apex Legends or these were. People don't necessarily have to pay to play the game, but you can buy things within the right. game, like skins and all that. Wondering if that isn't going to be the future of Overwatch, and I'm wondering. It should if, be. Well, first off, hey, it should be. I think that might also be in some ways Overwatch League's last hope because here's the thing: I can follow now what goes on in Overwatch because right. I play it. Right. But when I first was like watching some pro Overwatch stuff, because I was I'm interested. I, I think it's a it's a fascinating space. This is kind of in some ways one of the interesting things about the future of content is you don't necessarily have to have the million t- like the twenty million viewers to validate the existence of your like sport right uh, sporting event. Sure. So I first when I first watched Overwatch League stuff, I this was actually pre Overwatch League. It was just Overwatch Pro scene before it developed right. the league. I hadn't played Overwatch yet. Mm-hmm. and i couldn't tell you what was going on right and i think that's ultimately going to be the biggest problem is if the audience you already have playing the game isn't tuning in to watch now you need to build that audience and make it bigger right. so you can get more people but, watching I mean, even, later even but then, that might not be that that i think might be the last saving hope but it might not be enough
1: no and i i would disagree in terms of like League of Legends there's a fair amount of people that don't even play League of Legends that watch Legends. well League. I think like, that's a- like and and like how many people that watch and the NFL actually have picked up a football right like it doesn't matter you just have to make it understandable and watchable and they've they've done the best they can they've gotten some amazing talent in terms of broadcasters and and again like production people to make sure that it's as watchable as possible but again it's a very chaotic thing it's everything about It's everything about a a team fight in a MOBA and how messy and dirty and quick and crazy that is on top of a respawn based close proximity shooter. Yeah. Where people are coming in and out at this like dying, coming back dying, coming back, and running in and out and and it's a continuous cycle. But that's what I mean
0: by it being harder to watch. Because I don't really play League of Legends. I played Heroes of the Storm because I'm you know we talked about this. I'm a bad gamer. Sure, I, 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 I'm going to play the easier one. Okay. Uh, but watching League of Legends and all that, I can still follow what's going on without right. necessarily
1: knowing the, knowing the minutia of
0: the minutia game. Of the game right. Whereas with Overwatch, given how it's been broadcast, that didn't quite exist.
1: Right, and the thing that's scary is for for them is like I think they broadcasted it. Beautifully and the best they that they possibly could, and the fact that it still is hard to follow is concerning. Yes, um, but I, again, it, it. I'm. I'm. I believe that they. I don't think Overwatch League is dead or will die anytime soon. But they need to start putting up bigger numbers and bigger viewership numbers and and having more of, sort of at least sharing in the in the mind and sh- getting in the mind share of people. Right. Like yeah. And. In, in, it's tough because of how crowded the esports space is right now, but Overwatch has a big enough following and a big enough name that they can do that. It's just I think they've put too many eggs in the basket for the return that they're going to be getting. Yeah, it's so
0: I think for it's it's both concern. Of, yeah, for both of us, it's not that we hope or expect Overwatch to fail as much as we want them to succeed and we're worried they're not going to be able to they right. succeed to the full extent that they and should. And even if
1: they succeed, they have a lot into the system where they they need it to not succeed. They need it to like blow it out of the water. Yeah. And I don't think it's going to do that. I could be wrong. I could be totally wrong. But like, I don't see it doing. Season that. two,
0: simultaneous viewers, thirty million. Uh, That's the dream. No. And they'll be lucky if it's a hundred thousand. Yeah.
1: They'll be they'll be lucky if they get uh, maybe if they hit one hundred and fifty k the first week or so. Yeah so again i could be wrong it could it could swell to like two hundred, two fifty, maybe 300 but i i doubt it
0: yeah if it doesn't get those numbers though i think i think we're gonna see even more drastic changes yeah but other than that any final thoughts no i'm i'm good all right james i think it's time to roll credits Let's end this thing. So, (laughs) (laughs) folks, please like, subscribe, share with all your friends, do all the fancy things like clicking the annoying little bell on YouTube if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, Also, if you aren't watching live, you can also leave us a note at feedback at quality3.net. Yes, I do try to check it every week. I just forgot to do it this week. So, yeah, leave a note for some feedback or anything like that. But other than that, we'll see you guys in two weeks.